Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on in to the Baseball Insiders. I am Adam Weiner alongside Robert Murray back from vacay live on the air. And it's been too damn much spring training. The World Baseball Classic put spring training competition to shame. Robert Murray, uh, welcome back to the show. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you about uh, a few weeks that really, truly mattered. It did matter. And even though I was on vacation, I was just, I was watching it and it was freaking awesome, but we'll get into that. But Adam, it is great to be back with you. Uh, I missed you terribly and uh, I hope you didn't miss me too much. I did miss you the, the right amount. I mean, Tara, yeah, probably the equal amount to the amount that you missed me. It was, it was weird doing the show without you. Cause this is a show for the both of us. It's a show that we host together. It's a show that we do. So doing the show with, uh, some other guys they were great guys but this is a podcast that we have it feels lovely to be back and back live uh it's a thursday at 3 30 eastern so you know what that means it's the baseball insiders uh also mondays at 3 30 eastern that's another time you catch us we're live both of those times typically and uh please go ahead and subscribe to the feed go to the audio feed if you want if you're an audio file drop us a line on any and all podcast platforms we're there too you can listen after the fact but we love if you would join us live on the air uh, Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30. And the best way to know we're going live is to subscribe. And sorry, we, uh, we're we about like a minute late because uh, there's a freaking uh, Eagles bomb before we got on, which is the one – it's like Robert's kryptonite. He can't, he can't deal if there's an Eagles bomb. No, I can't. And like Adam and anyone close to me who's worked with me or just whatever <laughs> knows that I don't typically swear. Um, no. And when, when Adam Schefter reported that Ezekiel Elliott – wants to play for the Eagles among what three teams I think he listed. Um, yeah, I, I got very excited um, just because, I mean, Zeke's not the same runner that he was, but like s- screw Dallas. Um, yeah. So I, I'm hoping that Zeke goes to the Eagles. Uh, hopefully it goes better than DeMarco Murray. No relation, by the way. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be freaking awesome. I can just envision him behind that offensive line scoring like three touchdowns against Dallas and, Oh man, that oh, I would be the happiest person in the entire world. He yeah. wants it. You want it. Like it's, and it's obvious why he wants it. And even if it doesn't work out, it was still fine to want it. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And Kurt, I don't know. Vacation changed me as a human being. Um, Cause I, although Adam and Joanne uh, can confirm that as soon as I drop the, the swear word, I apologize like three times. Yes. Um, yeah. That, that, I, I couldn't believe those words have come out of my mouth. Uh, I think my mom, if she had heard that, she'd wash my mouth out with soap. But anyways, 
Uh, I had to check to birds. confirm. Yeah, go birds. I had to check to confirm we weren't live because I kind of thought we might have been live, but we weren't. And, and now <laughs> we're uh, we're going to channel that Eagles enthusiasm and talking about the World Baseball Classic, which merits the enthusiasm. Like uh, I I got to admit, like I, I read some stuff on uh, Seth this Family Barbecue had a good tweet that was basically like, hey, if you're having trouble rooting in the World Baseball Classic, at least acknowledge that the baseball we're watching is incredible. That's sort of the way I connected to it. I, I didn't feel that fandom punch necessarily. I was in Miami for USA Venezuela in the quarters and USA Cuba in the semis. I was kind of hoping to see a non-USA game and just see Mexico-Japan, but the scheduling was weird because they moved USA to the final quarter and then immediately into the first semi, which got you USA back-to-back. And I love my country, but I, I would have liked to see a game with less reading interest. I, I didn't totally feel that like Trey Turner hit the grand slam. I wasn't jumping up and down going nuts, but my jaw was kind of just on the ground in appreciation for what we were watching. And same with the earlier moments of the game when Venezuela mounted their comeback, those fans were just going insane. Like it's, it may not be the world cup on a global scale yet, but it's very much the world cup if you're in the building. So let's talk about the, the tournament, the final, I mean, the Mexico-Japan semi, the Venezuela-USA game, all leading to Trout versus Otani with a championship on the line. This could not have gone any better for the sport of baseball. No, it couldn't have. And I remember it was like the seventh inning, I want to say. I, I thought, oh, there's no way that that Trout and Otani are going to face off. And I was, I was kind of bumming about it. And then we got to the eighth inning, and all of a sudden it's like, Oh my goodness gracious. Otani is about to face Mike Trout and there's a shot that it's to determine the world baseball classic. And lo and behold, played out exactly like that. I, uh, I stopped everything that I was doing and I made sure I watched it and it felt like the entire world kind of did the same exact thing. It was, you got to see it on Twitter. You got to see, like, I remember seeing a tweet with the Houston Astros winning the world series, it got a few thousand retweets, which, I mean, that's still pretty good. That tweet about Otani versus trout or Japan winning it all got like 50 to 60,000 retweets, which is just, it underscored just exactly how big this was. Um, it was great for baseball. Uh, we got to see just unbelievable competition throughout the entire tournament. Um, and also, we got to see stars that we don't see in the majors. Uh, got to, They had a huge spotlight, and they performed. We also saw major – I'll tell you, Trey Turner is – he has made me look smart for my stance that I think he is going to be, if not already, the best shortstop in baseball. I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. I know there was a lot of people who said, oh, this doesn't matter. This like Who, who cares? They should stop because of all these injuries. BS. That was a freaking great time for a baseball fan like me. And I just wish there was more of it. It's just so foolish to pretend like the injuries could not have happened during regular spring training competition. They do happen all the time. Like we're, we're starting this podcast. We're trying to outline what we're going to talk about today. And we we're going to, we don't really know what to say about Reese Hoskins, non-contact leg injury, because we don't know the details yet. It happened about an hour before we went live, but it looked horrific and it happened because he was going back on a ground ball in a regular spring training contest. The worst part about spring training is that the games are completely meaningless, but injuries can still happen and bodily harm can still happen. And a pitch can get away from somebody. 
it's actually more likely that a pitch does get away from a reliever, a minor league reliever who's covering the sixth inning of a spring training game than it is that a star in the World Baseball Classic loses control. It's very unfortunate. We're going to talk about how the Mets and the Astros can move forward later in the show, but it has very little to do with the WBC. What was most amazing to me is you mentioned the talent we're seeing from across the globe. The U.S. team didn't even get comfortable in the box until you Darvish came in, one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, but he was a familiar face. The other guys they were facing on Team Japan, they'd never seen in their lives. They didn't know what to do with those splitters. The talent across the board in this tournament was so high. Oh, it absolutely was. And I like we're going to get into this later on, but Roki Sasaki, he is that is going to be a very, very, very interesting free agency when he eventually comes to Major League Baseball, or if he does. Um, I am very curious what that eventual contract could look like just because we're talking about a guy who has the upside to be the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. Like He's 21 years old, throws 102, like straight cheddar. Um, what he threw in his debut in the WBC, like 3.2 innings at eight strikeouts. Like we're talking about like a, a dude dude here. Um, and we, we got to see it finally at the WBC and boy, did he play uh, against um, basically anyone in the, that he faced. Yeah. He he's famous for overseas throwing a perfect game, then being most of the way, like eight innings through another perfect game and getting taken out just because his manager was worried about his long-term health. But that, I mean, you'll never see that in the major leagues. You will never see, but I'm going to stand on a limb and say back-to-back perfect games. We're going to have to wait uh, several hundred years for that to happen. We're, we're so far at, you know, 180 years of major league baseball. And we've gotten one back-to-back no hitter, Johnny Vandermeer, Cincinnati Reds King, uh, but that that's the kind of legend that Roki Sasaki is and still just 21 going to be subject to the posting system. If he joins, uh, you know, he's like an amateur if he comes over under 25. So we're probably going to be waiting at least four years for that. But uh, the, the excitement will not dissipate. No, it's only going to build. And it's, I don't know if it's going to be on the same stratosphere as like the Otani bidding, but man, oh man, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be in on that one. That is for certain. I want to talk Otani again, as always. I mean, it's not like we discovered Otani was great during this tournament. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you're just tuning in, Shohei Otani, probably the most talented player on earth. But it definitely helped build his momentum. He owned this World Baseball Classic entering his walk year, which is crazy, but it is his walk year. Uh, he struck out Mike Trout three swinging strikes to end this game. That's only happened. Trout's only had three swinging strikes in an at-bat 24 times out of 6,174 career Major League Baseball plate appearances. So you know how rare that is. After he closes it out, wins this title. Uh, SpotTrack values Otani the hitter and Otani the pitcher separately, just to try to give everybody an idea of what his free agency might look like. The pitcher valuation was eight years, 230 mil, and the hitter was 10 years, 333 mil. Those feel low, but that's what we've been talking about. There's a reason this contract probably starts with a five. Oh, absolutely. Like if he stays healthy and there's every reason to believe that it'll start, that'll, if, okay, if he stays healthy, there's every reason to believe that that contract is going to start with a five. Um, You look at Artie Marino in Los Angeles with the Angels. He has stated that he wants to retain Otani after the season. Like, obviously, like, 
their ability to compete is going to be a big determining factor in that and like their chances of being able to do that. But you're going to have the Dodgers, you're going to have the Padres, you're going to have the Giants, you're going to have um, the Mets, you're going to have a lot of these big market teams that are, that are going to be in on Otani, and rightfully so. We're talking about the unicorn of all unicorns. Um, I'm, I'm very curious what that contract will be because we've never seen anything like it. I think everybody else in baseball is trying to figure out exactly what is going to look like too, just because it's so unprecedented. A player of Otani's caliber has never become a free agent, and we're figure only, what, six, seven months away from that being reality. And if you look at the free agent market, he is going to be the headliner in this entire thing, obviously, but like the, there's not that much hitting. There's a lot of pitching, but he's you can make the argument that he's also – in addition to being the best hitter, the best pitcher in free agency, which is just absolutely mind-boggling. And goodness, we're going we're gonna to be talking a lot about Otani. I just want to warn everybody about that. But Otani's play, uh, that that warrants it for sure. Marino, you mentioned him wanting to retain Otani. Do you think that that desire has made it any more likely that he actually does? Or are you still foreseeing these other teams leading the bidding? I think these other teams are leading the bidding. I think if anything from this World Baseball Classic that we got to see is that how much winning means to Otani. Uh, he called winning the World Baseball Classic one of the best experiences of, of his life. Um, I even saw Fabian Ardaya, who covered Otani with the Angels for a few years, say that he's never seen Otani that hyped um, throughout his entire career. And I think winning is going to be central in his decision, which makes – Obviously, the Dodgers makes the Mets and makes the Padres really intriguing for him. I mean, there's going to be plenty of others for sure. But I would say the pack is leading right now with the Angels. They're not they're not in the lead right now. And that, I think that's pretty safe to say. Yeah, I'll take the field, too. But I always appreciate your your insight on on these types of things. And in terms of uh, the other stars of the tournament and especially the Japanese players who've gained name recognition, uh, uh, Roki Sasaki, nobody, we're all counting down the days until he can potentially come to MLB. Munitaka Murakami, who walked Japan off into the final, is uh, not so coincidentally, it has already sort of declared that he wants to come to MLB. I think he's going to come right when Anthony Rizzo's Yankees contract could potentially expire. So you got Yankee fans who are banging down the door for him. Uh, he's better than he showed in this tournament, even. Like he finally woke up at the end, hit a moonshot in the final and had the walk-off hit, but he was sort of off for the first several games of competition. It was nice to see him get that moment because he is the premier power hitter in Japan right now. And then Masataki Yoshida, who the Red Sox already signed this offseason. Everybody cried overpay, and maybe it was, but you know what? It's tough to overpay for great players, and he set a World Baseball Classic record for RBI. I never saw that guy make it out. I think he grounded into a double play late in the final, and I was like, oh, my God, it's possible. He made it out. Yeah, I'll tell you, like, there's been a lot of questions about whether or not, like, the Red Sox should be feeling better about the signing or, like, maybe the public was wrong about um, their stance on Yoshida. I think it's a little early to, like, determine exactly where, like, things stand there just because we still have not played one major league season or one major league regular season game yet. But that being said... Yeah, there's a lot of people who ended up ripping on the Red Sox for that signing and calling it a massive overpay. Like, I think there was the majority of people in baseball felt that way. But the Red Sox were convicted about the player. They really, really, really liked him. 
Um, they paid a premium for him, and but I have no issue if a team has conviction on a player if they're just aggressive and they they go all out, go all out to try to sign him. Uh, maybe they saw something that other teams didn't. The World Baseball Classic obviously, obviously like makes them look better right now. Um, but I, I'm, I think the jury's still like it's still out there. But um, the Red Sox surely do have to be feeling good about what they saw because, as you said, it seemed like every single time he got to the plate, he was getting on base. And this was a high level of competition, and uh, you know it, it was finally a playoff type atmosphere for people like Otani and people like Mike Trout on the U.S. side, who uh, is always going to end up on the wrong side of that final at-bat, but did great work throughout the Classic and put out was the first person to put out the message afterward, basically saying, can't wait to do this again. This changed my life. And you can bag on him. Like, of course, this is the closest he's ever come to the playoffs. And, of course, he feels that way. But I tell you, if you were there, you know. And, and, and a lot of people who never, ever would have watched this stuff weren't just watching and retweeting that final at-bat. I was getting texts from my most random friends who do not pay attention to the sport of baseball unless their team happens to be on a playoff run who were locked in in like the third inning texting me about like, man, why isn't the USA's pitching staff better? And I was like, welcome to the club, buddy. But still, it was like everybody was on board with this. And so whether you're in the building or not, you could fully tell this mattered. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'll tell you, I had the same thoughts in my head too whenever I saw a U.S. pitcher in there. I was just like, I, I, yeah, I, I thought it could have been a little bit better, but you know what? It was still a great thing. I'm like, I, as I said before, I just bummed it over uh, because I thought it was just, to me, it felt like it had more hype around it than the world series has had in quite some time. Um, and apparently it's going to be back in 2026. I think that was, that was reported. So, Hey, we only got to wait, what, like three years, Adam. Oh yeah. Let's go. I'm, I'm already counting down the days, baby. It was, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, the inaugural event, I don't have much memory of. Gonna be, I remember being excited it had been created, but I don't remember watching much. Same with the next two. 2017, when, when the U.S. won, I watched the Adam Jones game. I watched the final, but the feeling was definitely different. And, oh, absolutely it was. Yeah, and, and some of that's because I was down there, I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, I was pretty locked in. Uh, you should have seen the lines to get into the stores. That was like the most indicative thing to me. It was the first day I was there. I got into the store in like 10 minutes, you know, walked around, didn't buy anything. The next day I had a friend text me. He wanted something. So I was like, oh, I'll go check it out. I couldn't get in. And then the line for the final three hours before uh, Britt Giroli tweeted it. It was just it was like out the door around the corner, basically out to the security line. You could not get in. And this was three hours before the game. Everybody wanted their swag. And, and I, I can't blame them. No, and hey, you could have gotten your swag early on. You, you only had to wait. You were only there for 10 minutes, and you said you didn't get anything. That, that's, I that's on you, Adam. You got to be better than that. I didn't get anything. I, I will admit I ordered uh, a Trey Turner jersey online after the fact. So I'll, I'll have my Turner to rock at CBP this summer. Um, I bought a, I mean, I bought swag from a Cuban restaurant when I was down there and nothing from the World Baseball Classic, which is very embarrassing. But it was a good restaurant. Wait, you, you, you bought swag from a Cuban restaurant instead of the baseball classic. That's correct. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a hat with a, with the restaurant logo on it. I, I, yeah, I, I did do that. All right. The baseball insiders has designated Adam Weiner for assignment. Uh, we, we thank him for his time. Um, that was nice knowing you, Adam. I got a lot of baseball swag. That was my, that was my argument, but you know what? I, I regretted it immediately. I came home, got the Turner shirt. We're actually lucky. I didn't get back into the store because my buddy wanted, 
I had seen a 51 Suzuki jersey. And I was like, dude, I felt I, I should have got this Ichiro shirt. And he was like, if you can get me a, an XL, I'll, I'll take that. I'll pay you. And I couldn't get back in. And then I realized because Team Japan hung it up in the, in the dugout, it was a Seiya Suzuki shirt. So no one would have known, but still, I, I would have known. And he would have known. Yeah, oh, yeah, you get, you would have known. He would have known. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah you, you couldn't do that. But yeah, I, I'm proud of you, though. You still got some swag. So um, <laughs> good job, Adam. I'm, I'm very proud. And more to come, probably, because I can't be stopped once I get started. The, the Team USA hat, the Team USA hat, didn't really do it for me. I can't lie. Like I wanted to rep us, but I, I wanted the Puerto Rico hat. Is that embarrassing? And they, they didn't have it, so I didn't buy anything. Uh, people say I'm a peculiar man, but you, you, you're 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 also peculiar. That's why we love you, though, Adam. Um, okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It was just a better hat. I was rooting for America, but it was a better hat. You know, that's that's honestly, it's totally fair. It's totally fair. Uh, I may not agree, but you know what it's like. I I, 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 I hear you. <laughs> My issue, I mean, obviously a burner calling the USA logo mid. I just wish it had changed. Like, I've seen that Team USA logo since I was like seven. It's been the same every year. It's been on a million different hats. Uh, and, and like, should I have gotten it for the collection? Yeah, probably. But I didn't. So I got the jersey instead. Uh, I'm tracking it. I can't wait till it gets here. Um, well, it's it also I, I it seems like people well, you know how people usually don't agree with my food takes mm-hmm. it appears that extends to hat and logo takes because obviously a burner now Kurt mentioning who I love dearly uh, both said it's that it's mad or mid so maybe I'm missing something I don't know maybe it it's was, just yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely one of those deals where when I was in the crowd looking at people wearing it I was like that looks pretty good on that person but I, I still couldn't convince myself to do it yeah, you know that's that's fair, but I'm sure it would look great on you though, Bella. Thank you, and and I'll probably I'm I'm headed to Madison Square Garden tonight for the Sweet 16. I am going to buy shirts and hats there, and I don't root for any of those teams. So that shows you what kind of guy I am, and no baseball. Oof. Um. Well, let's talk about the downside of the WBC quickly, and then we'll move on because I I think it's pretty well trod territory at this point. But we're trying to move forward. Uh. The bottom line is the Mets did lose Edwin Diaz, likely for the season. And he's not just a closer. He's not just a fungible piece. That is a pretty hard piece to replace. That is the top closer in the game of baseball. And Jose Altuve, a couple days later, hit on the thumb. It's two months before he can return to baseball activities. He has undergone surgery. That's going to be a while. Uh, So who are you looking at in terms of replacements for the Mets and the Astros, are they going to look internal or do they have any avenues to explore other than that? It's a, it's a very tricky position for both teams because the free agent options are basically non-existent at this point. And obviously they can look through a trade, but right now the Mets at least appear to be wanting to uh, stay internal with their replacements for Edwin Diaz and just going to see what exactly sticks um, and then operate and go from there. Uh, because they don't want to trade any of their top prospects. Uh, they just, especially Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty, I think those two, I don't want to use the word untouchables, but I think they'd be really hard-pressed to move either. Um, but they, it just so happens that Edwin Diaz's brother, uh, Alexis Diaz with the Cincinnati Reds, is a very good closer, a uh, very good reliever. He's 25, he's got five years of control. He's only making $720,000 this year, Adam, so he's going to be cheap on the payroll. Um the Mets actually have had interest in him. Um, like it was, I think it was last 
trade deadline, but the asking price was just way too high and no deal was ever completed there, obviously. Um, so maybe that's something that gets talked about again at the trade deadline, who knows? Um, but for right now, it seems like the Mets are just wanted to stay internal. As for the Astros, it's kind of the same situation there. Uh, they have Mauricio Dubon and they also have, they have another option in there. Is it David Hensley? Hensley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're going to go with those two for now. I wondered because Chad Pinder was somebody who was on the radar um, this off season. I thought maybe he could get a major league contract with them, but he ultimately ended up getting a minor league deal with the Reds. I wondered if maybe the Reds could look to move him to Houston um, just because Pinder, as I said, can play second base. And then when Altuve returns, can basically play anywhere else on that, on the field for them. Um, he also knows that division really well for playing with the Oakland A's for all those years, but I don't know if anything's cooking there, but I think both of those teams as of right now are staying internal, but replacing one Edwin Diaz and then two Jose Altuve borderline impossible. It's a really, really, really tough task. Pretty rude of the reds to uh, not just relent on the compensation package, um, you know, to reunite the brothers. Like if I was trying to trade for my dad, I feel like I'd want the reds to just be cool and like, let me have a little bit of a hometown discount to get the Diaz brothers in the same city. But that's just me. Obviously that's not how the business of baseball works. Sadly. Yeah. If only, if only it worked that way, you know, (laughs) it ain't, it ain't how it works. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously the, uh, the Mets will go internal, I'm, I'm sure. And, and the Mets do have those super top prospects in Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty. So let's just talk about them quickly because we were going to run it down. Uh, Alvarez has been demoted, and there are rumors that Beatty will not be on the opening day roster either. Um, but that one seems, obviously, he's closer to making the leap considering Alvarez. Apparently, this was never supposed to be his time. Uh, so what's the timeline you're anticipating for both of them? And and was spring training like did, did the Mets see anything in camp to deter them from putting Alvarez on the opening day roster? Or was this always the plan? I think this was always the plan is the, the Mets. They signed Omar Narvaez earlier this offseason to basically a two year contract. Uh, they also extended Tomas Nito. Oh, actually, it wasn't extended. They they avoided arbitration with him, but he's under contract with them for two more years. Um, so you have your one and two guys right there. And Alvarez, he's going to debut, or he's well, he debuted last year, but he'll end up coming up at some point during the season. It's unclear when the Mets can be really patient with them, but just or with Alvarez, just because of that catching depth that they have. Um, so it's more unclear there. As with Beatty, he is more likely to debut at some point early in the season, just because the Mets really, really, really liked what they saw from him at third base um, during spring training. They thought. Uh, he's capable of playing a, a major league caliber level of, of defense in the infield. Um, and they're, they're just very high on what they have there. And I think, as I said before, he's a candidate to debut at some point early in the season. When that exactly is going to be, I don't know. But um, I would be shocked if Beatty did not debut well before Alvarez. Yeah, Alvarez's time last year, it was kind of handled oddly. Like, he came up during the most important part of the Mets season, which is the issue if you wait too long to promote someone, then all of a sudden, oh, wait, we're locked in an absolute dogfight in the division. Oops, I guess we have to put our top prospect in here. And it didn't totally work. 
Um, so I applaud the Mets for maybe waiting a little bit longer here instead of just getting dissuaded by what Alvarez did last year. Um, I'm going to go to the comments real quick because uh, Bobo dang it did flag the, the Pirates Brian Reynolds situation. You want to talk about untouchables. He sort of remains the highest profile trade target who could potentially be traded or maybe extended and who knows uh, that has simmered and quieted down quite a bit since we were talking about it during the winter meetings and right after. Uh, but is there any news there and do the two sides seem any closer than they were a couple of months back? I got no news to report um, from everything that I've gathered that trade request still stands. Um, they, the pirates and, and Reynolds had talked about an extension uh, before that trade request came in and they just, they were so far apart that he ultimately requested a trade there. Um, I think if, the Pirates had it their way, they would keep him long-term, but it seems like they just have no plans to honor that trade request. They want to have Reynolds there long-term. Um, it would behoove them to, um, to like make that happen and like give him the money that he wants. Yeah, get the wheel. That, and that being said, that being said, I will say this, like, I don't know if talks are active there. I don't know what the situation is there with Reynolds. But I do remember on opening day last year that the Pirates ended up extending Kebron Hayes. I, so who knows? It, like The Pirates have a history of continuing talks all the way up to opening day. So I, I wouldn't rule anything out. As I said, I don't know if talks are happening, but you, you just never know. The Francisco Lindor thing was the same thing. Like we were we were like, oh, man, what a blunder like the Mets make this huge blockbuster trade they can't pull it together like and they're not even going to extend him we'll reset the market next year oh wait they paid him 341 million dollars on the eve of opening day sometimes that does happen it does it does yeah and I'll tell you I I remember um who I think it was Jeff Passan who ended up writing that the, the number to beat for that was um was like Fernando Tatis's 340 million and then, like twelve hours later, he got three hundred and forty-one. It was just like, dude, Passon's good. He, he's very good. And actually, I'll I'll answer this question about the Padres too. Yeah, let's go for it. So I would be absolutely floored if Juan Soto got extended um, this year. I well, this year I, I just I think there's no shot of it happening. Uh, like before opening day, just Boris does not have a history of doing extensions, let alone with a player of Soto's caliber who if he hits the open market could also be another 500 million guy, Josh Hader. I mean, I don't think anything is going to happen there, um, but he likes San Diego. San Diego likes him. AJ Preller has had long coveted him um, before acquiring him. Like I think he had acquired about Hader, like the last three tra trade deadlines. Um, the number to beat there is obviously Edwin Diaz's contract. And I do wonder if they do extend Hater, could they do something similar to what they did with Xander Bogarts and some of these other contracts that they offered where they add more years to it and make it like a an eight or seven or eight year contract for however many million? Just something I've thought about. Um, I don't know if that's an actual plausible scenario, but um, I don't know anything about Blake Snell. So um, that, that, that's what I got for you. You heard it here first, 11 years, $300 million for Josh Hader. Just kidding. <laughs> that will not happen. But yes, he, he could reset the market again. Uh, we Meanwhile, we forgot to even mention it. Speaking of your boy, Scott Boris, um, 
Corbin Burns, this is what happens when you uh, disrespect people in arbitration hearings, Milwaukee Brewers. They go to uh, they go to Scott Boris. So uh, I don't know. The, you and I have already talked long and hard about uh, Corbin Burns and the Brewers. I don't know about that long-term match. And now I really don't know about that long-term match. I would be shocked if Burns was a Brewer long-term. I'll just leave it at that. I will leave it at that. That arbitration hearing was not that 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 was not good it's interesting to me though because the dodgers don't really do boris clients either and that was kind of a thing where i was like all right maybe the brewers end up relenting and sending burns to the dodgers and now i'm like they're gonna really surrender all their top prospects for a guy they probably won't extend either i don't know it's got my mind spinning a little bit my mind is spinning too um that was not something that was on my radar for happening um yeah it just that's that's gonna be another uh, i don't know Bor- I don't know how Boris finds the time to negotiate all these contracts. Like it's not a slight on him at all. Like I'm, I'm genuinely very impressed. Um, yeah, he's, he just, he doesn't sleep and that's, I don't know how he does it. Cause if I don't get much sleep, then I'm a zombie. So good, good job by Scott Boris. It's brutal revenge though. It, it is like when you get dumped and then, you know, you, your ex is immediately on Instagram with like the hottest guy in your high school. And you're like, but how did you, how did you, <laughs> Where'd you meet him? Where'd you even have time to, but Scott Boris, he's in that Instagram. He's tagged. That's him. Oh, he is. And it's, it's like your heart sinks and it's like, there you go. He's, he's gone to, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. He's not wearing a Brewer's hat on Instagram. I'll tell you that much right now. Um, <laughs> the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we uh, before we go, uh, I I want to uh, I want to bring up Anthony Volpe just because uh, we've talked about him a lot. But since you uh, since our last show, he's sort of uh, he's gone from like spring training talented standout to like guy who it's hard to imagine not making the New York Yankees opening day roster. And I I don't know if he's gonna do it. I still kind of think it's fifty fifty or sixty forty. He won't. But he's starting at shortstop almost every day he's leading off when he starts and today for the second time this week the last seven yankee lineups he and oswald peraza have both played both times he's been at short and peraza has been at second 
So I don't know if that means they want to get more eyeballs on him at short. They already know he can play second. They're still just being deferential or if they're kind of tipping their hand. But I know you're sort of very much in favor of him making the opening day roster. Yeah, like you're I don't care that he's 21. You you have your best players on the major league roster. And to me, Anthony Volpe is definitely one of the Yankees' best players already. He has shown in spring training that he's ready. Um, he looks the part. He is someone that the Yankees have been high on for years. Um, and they've basically turned on every single trade inquiry because they believed that he was the guy. He's ready now. You put him on as your opening day starter at shortstop, and you don't look back. That is my stance. I'm just convicted on it. Um, I'm curious, Adam, because you're a Yankees guy. Do you do you feel the same way? It's my stance too. The the thing is, once you unring that bell, you can't send him down. Like you you can't you can't unring that bell. <laughs> once you once you unring them, you can't unring it. It's a bell. You ring it, it rang. Uh, so if he's your opening day starter. He's got to be on. You know, you're starting shortstop for a significant portion of the season. You're probably not going to phase him out of that role. Um, I sort of I tend to agree with obviously a burner. I think it might be the end of April that they do it. They do what they did with Glaber Torres in 2018. Just bring him up. Um, I don't know if they're going to need a seven game losing streak to cue them in on that, but I, I think they just sort of keep that in the chamber for as quickly as, as they possibly can. He could not have possibly done more this spring. Um, that's it for the episode of the baseball insiders. We can't wait to be back next week. Um, the games are happening. Monday will be our final episode before opening day, which is legitimately insane. Rob Manfred's new rules uh they came out this week that they were looking at some tweaks but he assured us nothing major pitch clock won't change eight seconds for the hitter to get ready won't change the only thing i'm seeing is that they're going to evaluate and track the efficiency of bat boys and bat girls they could ask teams to replace them if their performance is considered substandard i don't know if we have to be doing that that feels a little ruthless uh for the beautiful game of baseball i don't think we just let the bat boys and bat girls loaf around a little bit let them walk to the ball i don't i don't think we need to be doing efficiency metrics for the people that pick up foul balls but that said i'm in favor of everything else that's going on and we're about to see it for real on a major league field uh i'm pumped i'm pumped too um i know the exact i know the the effect that it had during spring training and i got i went to plenty of games i even sat in the outfield the other day as a fan with some buddies there we go um, and it was it was awesome and i got to see the pitch clock and i just got to see uh what other people felt thought about it too and everybody just seemed to love it and um i'm anxious to see it in a major league setting and that and by the way that reminds me adam that reminds me so, you know, a few weeks ago, we had two guys commenting, oh, sure, in, our, in the comment section here. Yeah. We were wondering what that was about. Yeah. Uh, both of them uh, stayed at my apartment uh, this, this past week. Hey, there we go. We got Max. Currently up by my pool right now. Uh, that, that's my guy, Max. But um, wanted to give those boys a shout out because they, they flew all the way from Wisconsin to, to hang out with your boy. So m- much love, boys. That's what uh, this sport can do. That's what uh, the world, whether it's World Baseball Classic or spring training, just totally meaningless action. Uh, if there's nothing like uh, sitting in the stands with your boys, grabbing a brew, grabbing a high noon in your case. Yeah. Although it's sad to report they did not have uh, high noons, but I did have a delicious Truly. Um, boy, did that hit the spot too. Holy smokes, buddy. 
Those are good. There was a, there was like a truly knockoff. I guess they were canned cocktails in Miami at Lone Depot Park that I really wanted to try, um, but I didn't because I just did. I did beers. I did just beers. But it was it did get me with a can. You know when they get you with a can and you really look and you're like, that's a that's a cool ass can. Like I don't want that, but I kind of want to purchase it and then throw it away. They almost right. got me. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, it's it was a it was a very intriguing can because as soon as I saw it, I was just like, you know what? That's what I'm having today because I'm not a beer guy. I've never been a beer guy, but mm-hmm. give me a nice truly or a nice high noon. Oh my gosh, the boys will be buzzing at them. Holy Toledo! <laughs> I'd like to shout out Lone Depot Park too. I'm not gonna lie to you, fine folks. And I don't think a lot of people talk about it because people don't talk about Marlins baseball. I would love for some of the boys to come down there, we buzz around, and hang out in, my, in South Beach, and then go to the ballpark. It's an easy commute. It was a beautiful sight line. Uh, obviously, that's what you're looking for when you're looking for places where the boys can party, a great sight line. But you can see through the window and, and see downtown Miami. I had a lot of fun there. I had a lot of fun in Wynwood, some breweries. Shout out to service area, La Tropical. I don't know if they're still listening. Uh, they were at the beginning, but I don't know if they still are. Uh, that place was amazing. And obviously, Burner, the fish sculpture is outside. I saw it. It's just hanging out there. It's by one of the main entrances. So it's not in the ballpark, but it's pretty close. That's very strange to me. Uh, I don't know. That was just a, that was a weird idea from the get go. I remember them opening up that stadium and seeing that fish sculpture in there and just being like, "What in the absolute world?" But um, yeah, well, actually, I'm curious, Adam. Would you like to bring the fish sculpture back or no? I don't. I think it's it deserves to be out. It deserves to be outside. I don't want to knock it down or burn it, but uh, I do not think it should be back in the stadium. I was there for the All Star Game in 2017, and I was there last week state vast improvements in um, in five and a half years i don't think it's all about the fish sculpture moving out but concessions primo ambiance top of the line and and just just keep moving forward we don't need to go back and put the fish sculpture back in there no i'm i'm right there with you and i'm i'm anti fish fish sculpture myself so yeah. I'm, I'm glad we finally aligned on one take today adam <laughs> but if i could get a hat with the fish sculpture on it i probably would I'm not gonna lie to you uh well, I was going to say something, but I, I, I can't say that. Of course not. Of course not. Why would we? Well, it was, it was lovely having you back. Uh, and the World Baseball Classic did finally reignite my passion for this season. It got me ready. Uh, and it felt like everybody was watching. Although, uh, if you believe the person who tweeted at me after I tweeted out the link to the show, maybe not. Uh, I said the World Baseball Classic couldn't have mattered more. We're recapping the final. And he responded, when is it? So I guess the message didn't get through to everybody. It was uh, it was Tuesday. It was great. Wow, that tough scenes for, that, for <laughs> tough scenes for that person. When is, when is it? I mean, if you watch MLB Network, I'm sure it'll be on. But yeah, it did happen already. I feel like most people did get a chance to tune in. Uh, we hope you all continue to tune in to our show as the regular season approaches and we get to talk about real live baseball action. That's Mondays and Thursdays, 3:30 Eastern every week. We're so excited to keep bringing you this live. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like this video if you haven't yet. If you're an audio person, this will be right in your feed as soon as we hop off. Um, and we welcome you all subscribers there to any and all podcast platforms. But please drop by uh, for the video feed because we uh, we love coming at you live every Monday and Thursday. And what does it do, Robert? It puts food where it, it puts what on your table exactly. If food puts food on my table, puts food in my belly, and it also it got me my new apartment. I just moved into a new place, everybody, and yeah, it, let me just tell you, it, it gleams. It's real good. So we, uh, 
Yeah, we're, we're hyped. Yeah, I, I can't wait for Adam to come out here. We can grill out some steaks by the pool, and we'll just – oh, we'll buzz. Oh, I God. can't either. Next spring training, if not sooner, I got to get to Old Town Scottsdale. Um, not to dox you. Uh, you're not you're not even there anymore, so it's, it's not even a dox. No, I, I'm still within like a five-minute Uber of Old Town, so it's not like I'm too far away. Um, although the, the mayor of Old Town Scottsdale is uh, is still Kerry Crowley, uh, a friend of the pot here, uh, to say the least. But um, I, I cannot I cannot take that title away from him. Of course. Well, I've got to move uh, sometime this fall too. So if we could just keep putting uh, food on our table and money in our pockets, that'd be very helpful. If you enjoy the content, subscribing is a great way to do that. We love bringing you the pod twice a week, and we hope. You do too. Until next time, well, you like us bringing you the pod. You're, you rarely bring us pods, the audience. But if you have pods, I'll listen to them. All good. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> we're hoping. We got time in our schedule. Um, until next time, we'll see you again next week. I'm Adam Weiner for Fansiders Robert Murray. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you as the regular season gets even closer. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.